0: Hi everyone, just a quick disclaimer before we get started, Uh, I recorded this podcast before Alice came out to the public, so I do refer to them as Spencer throughout the episode. Obviously this is no longer the case, but I just wanted to make you guys aware of that. Um, So yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Just Talking, a podcast that contains, well, Just Talking. So for today's episode, I'm joined by the amazing Spencer to talk about two very interesting topics. So for the first section we'll be talking about checklist casting and whether it is right or wrong and then for the second section we'll be talking about the expectation of teenagers today and the actual reality of it. I also wanted to mention before starting this episode that after today the podcast will move to a bi-weekly or every two-week schedule just to accommodate for my college commitments. So yeah without further ado here we go. okay and i am here with spencer say hello. hello hi how are you yeah i'm good thanks how are you yeah it's nice nice morning today but quite sunny yeah. i feel yeah <laughs> Nice of <the> day. Yeah. <laughs> okay so for this first topic we're going to be talking about something that when we get into it you'll be like oh my god i'll love this because i know you're a big fan of one of the things that we're going to talk about um so uh we're gonna start with in this section talking about checklist casting so just to kind of like introduce us into this topic I wanted to ask you a question yeah if if you were a director which would you look for more when you're trying to cast someone looks or ability ability 100% and why would you say that
1: because I just I think depending on the role but I think you've always just got to look for who has the best range. Who can capture that character um, mm. and the emotions? I don't. I, I think ability is the most important thing. Yeah, um, with my, I would say with majority of TV or film characters, ability is the most important
0: thing. Do you think people, when they cast, get too swept up on how a certain person should look? and then kind of completely disregard their actual ability, which is obviously the most important thing. Do you think that kind of gets all confused together? I think sometimes, yeah, I think sometimes with programmes,
1: um, the people that are cast or the casting directors don't always, they, they, they have a set vision in their head. Yeah. And so they won't always look for ability. They would just look for who fits the vision appearance-wise, which sometimes works if you do pick someone who has the, the sort of vision you have with good ability. But I think ability is mainly what you should be looking for.
0: Yeah, because obviously it's a win if you find someone that has that certain look. Because obviously when you create a character in your mind, you have a certain vision for it. Like, you know, you yes. think about... I don't know, like Harry Potter or something. And like, obviously that's an example of something that was taken from a book, but there's definitely this specific look around him. So obviously you want to cast someone with that look, but then again, you can't completely disregard someone's ability because at the end of the day, that is what that character and actor is going to, you know, portray. They have to be good at what they do. Otherwise the character won't be brought to life. You know, in my opinion, I'd rather have someone that, May not be exactly who I was looking for, but then can deliver that character so like realistically yeah
1: definitely, I agree.
0: So kind of moving on from that, let's get into the actual sort of definition of checklist casting. So for people who might not know what that means, uh checklist casting is kind of when it's like when you cast for a certain appearance, yes, but it's more so something quite controversial where a lot of film companies and tv programs have been accused of casting people just so that they can have a black person or just so that they can have an lgbt member or just so they can have a female as their lead for example and they're not actually taking into consideration the ability that that person has but rather just that oh yes we've got a black person that means we're going to get more views so before we actually like properly delve into that what is your initial response to that
1: I think it's it's not a sort of a simple thing to discuss because I think it's very laid because I think sometimes there's characters that... How can I explain it? It's quite a tough
0: one, really. Yeah. Um,
1: (laughs) It's quite a tough one. Um,
0: i definitely say that it's, um, like, I feel like a lot of people nowadays with this whole sort of like inclusivity of everyone and everyone's trying to be you know accommodating to everyone you think about all the blm and uh, lgbt yeah. um support that has kind of grown in the past few years i think tv shows and films want to kind of portray that in a positive light yeah. which is great because obviously like we've moved so far as a society i think that's amazing but then i think the downside to that is then they're trying to you know, forcibly try and include everyone by casting with a certain checklist of we have to have this person, we have to have that person. And it kind of just ruins that whole idea of inclusivity, I think.
1: Yeah, I say I think representation is really important. But I think like if if you go in to casting with a sort of like you say, sort of a checklist, I think if you have a character who their growth is to do with their sexuality or their religion or their race, then I think that's, I think, I think you really need to get someone who's able to
0: capture that. Um, And another thing that kind of like ties into that as well is like, do you think that someone, for example, if think about it's a sin um, on channel four, if, um, some, if that character is um, an LGBT person, do you think that the actor playing that character should be LGBT themselves, or does that not necessarily have to be the case?
1: I think it depends, really, because, like, for me, I think, I think it would be better if it was played by someone, a, a gay actor, mm-hmm. or someone a part of the community, because you could relate to it more. I think it's it's not always if if you can get someone who can understand and does proper research and can get a real grip to the character. I don't think it's a necessity, but I think it's better if you can cast someone who can relate more to the experiences than someone who would have to research to really get an understanding of the character
0: yeah i mean like you saying that's brought to light like so many names i can think of i mean eddie redmayne um in the theory of everything when he was uh stephen hawking i mean he obviously did not have um motor neuron disease like he obviously does not have that but for him to then put in the research and become that character and absolutely portray it like ridiculously well is yeah a perfect example of what you said of like it doesn't always necessarily have to be a sort of real life person who is experiencing the same things as their character. And you, you know, like Daniel Day-Lewis um, with my left foot, when he was someone with cerebral palsy, unbelievably realistic as well because they could have easily hired someone who had cerebral palsy, but they didn't yeah. because I think they believed in Daniel Day-Lewis's ability because he's such a good method actor. Um, yeah. And that kind of, over overrided their sort of look for the checklist so there's definitely two sides to it do you do you agree with that yeah I agree I think if
1: you can get an actor who really is really committed to getting an authentic representation of something I think I think it doesn't really matter or it does matter but I think if you get get someone who can have that authentic experience it's good But if you can get someone who, as you said, like a really good method actor who can really connect with the role and is willing to be authentic with it and not sort of put it into sort of simplify the experience of representation, then I think it's I think it, it can work. It just depends on the actor and who you cast, really.
0: Well, let's move on to something I know you know a lot about, which is Doctor <laughs> Who. Yes. <laughs> um, I've got to say this. I'm sorry. I'm interjecting from my little, like, uh, bullet point list of what we've got to talk about. <laughs> who is your favourite Doctor? Oh, okay. I
1: would have to say Tennant.
0: Have to yeah. Say Tennant. No, but still,
1: he's, he's always been my favourite. I mean, I love all of them in different ways, I would say.
0: but y- yeah, yeah, definitely. No I, I don't... have to agree with that or Matt Smith yeah I mean, they're very close to yeah. me like Matt Smith and David Tennant but I think Tennant wins that
1: just yeah iconic. yeah no, I agree <laughs> <iconic. laughs>
0: but anyway so the specific um, thing that obviously a lot of people talk about when they refer to uh, checklist casting and Doctor Who is uh, Jodie mm-hmm. Whittaker um, and her yep. being cast as the first female Doctor and a lot of people were like oh my god you know I'm really happy with that it's the first female playing the part Woohoo! like we're going places um which is like in in respect to that and the inclusivity like we talked about like that's great um but a lot of people gave a valid argument which some people turned into something like that they're being sexist when I don't think they were some people were some people weren't but like people were saying oh it's that checklist casting again where they only uh, casted Jodie Whittaker because she's a female and they can say that it's the first female Doctor when there were, like I don't know, three or four other candidates who actually might not have been female but probably better suited the part. So do yeah. you think Jodie Whittaker being casted was the best choice? I, I think she was. I think as an actress,
1: she is amazing. I think there's always been this sort of, in past eras, there was always sort of speculation if they would cast a female Doctor. Past actors who have played the Doctor have been for it. I think it's, it was always the case of finding the right person. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Chibnall wouldn't have just pitched Jodie Whitaker just for, as you said, the checklist casting. Because he's worked with her on previous projects, I think he knows her potential as an actress and how good she is. Yeah and I think yeah. I don't I don't I don't think he necessarily picked Jodie because she would be the first female doctor I think he picked her because she would be the best person in his eyes for the role
0: Yeah I mean obviously him coming onto it for um series 11 he obviously had his own vision of where he wanted to take doctor who um yes. and so yeah I mean I know they worked on broadchurch together so that was definitely a big thing So, yeah, I definitely think you're right in saying that. I mean, they've had that sort of uh, actor-director relationship on other projects. So they kind of, like, he knows her ability and she knows what it's like to work with him. So I definitely think people should have taken that into account, 100%. I didn't think of that. Um, But then that kind of leads us on to, I guess, the future of Doctor Who. like Because obviously Jodie Whittaker and Chris Chibnall have both said that they're going to leave Doctor Who after... Uh, this series thirteen sort of six episode special. Yeah, um, weird one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So obviously, everyone was a bit like, "Whoa, you know, he's just started doing Doctor Who, and now he's left." And then they're saying, "Oh, Jodie Whittaker um left because of all the hate that she got for being the female doctor, and she's a like crappy actor, and she left because you know she was getting bullied for it." Like, I don't know if that's exactly true. Like, do you think that?
1: No, I think, see, the Doctors have obviously excluded Eggleston in the sort of newer series. They normally fail for three seasons and that's it. So there wasn't really anything new there. I mean, and I think Jodie Whittaker has appealed to the role because of Chris Chibnall. Mm. And I think having a new showrunner with the same Doctor, I think you would be able to see the differences in the portrayal through the writing. So I think, I think Chris Chibnall came in to Doctor Who with a plan of what he wanted to do, what stories he wanted to tell, and I think I think it's good that he's left now. He's completed that vision because I think if he continued past all that, it would just it it wouldn't be exactly what he thought. I think it's good to pass it on to someone else.
0: Yeah, and then obviously it's the question of who is now going to uh, carry the mantle yeah. of the Doctor for another three seasons. Yeah. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation i know ollie alexander um from years and yeah. years who like we said also played uh the main lead role in it's a sin has been mm-hmm. speculated god we've had like idris elba in the past um <laughs> and yeah. i think it's worth saying that both people are definitely examples of this idea of checklist casting that people are you know throwing around that Obviously, Ole Exa- Alexander is um, an LGBT member. So they're like, oh my God, we could have the next doctor be you know, an LGBT um, actor. And then Idris Elba being a uh, black actor. Oh my God, we could have the first uh, male black doctor. It's like, yeah, I feel like people are getting so like swept up and wound up by that whole idea of like, you know, oh, we're being inclusive and doing stuff like that, but actually like disregarding the idea of the actor's talent and the fact that, yeah. really, in this specific scenario, the Doctor can be whatever it wants to be, really. Yeah. No, I, think I agree. That, I think that's definitely, like, the whole sort of perk of the character is that, you know, the Doctor's an alien with two arts. Do you know what I mean? It's not like a specific yeah. set thing. So what do you think about people being too swept up about um, the typecasting with the next Doctor?
1: I, I can sort of understand it, but at the same time, I think as i said earlier i think you should cast on ability like i understand that some people want to see that representation and after having a first female doctor i think i've heard a lot of people say if we go back to a male doctor people are going to be like oh it was a failed experiment Mm. and i think as you said having that perception of constantly thinking oh it's the first black doctor or the first doctor to be played by someone in the lgbtq plus community i think if you just go into it looking at this this would be an interesting person to play the doctor i think it just sort of lessens this sort of sort of angst and arguments and conflict if you just look at it from the perspective of someone has been cast as the doctor
0: oh 100% 100% agree with you i think it definitely takes away from the character and obviously you know, us be us two being part of this like big fandom of like millions of people who love Doctor Who, like it just kind of takes the excitement out of it when, you know, the media really scrutinise on, you know, this whole checklist yeah. casting and try and make it out to be something that it isn't. Because like we said with Chris Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker, like they had that previous relation. Like everyone was saying, oh, that's an, uh, um, an a good example of checklist casting, but it's not. It's because they've had yeah. the experience before with each other. So they were a good fit. So yeah. I definitely agree with what you said and I definitely agree with um Chris Chibnall's choice to leave with Jodie because if Jodie had stayed another season with a different person, it definitely would not have the sort of same feel and experience. And yeah, I, I definitely think it would be, that could then go on to um, be that some people say that it's checklist casting and that they're keeping her on because she's a woman. When, like we say, the three series sort of, exit strategy I guess has been a thing that's been around for I don't know 15 years now so I definitely think people are thinking into it a lot more than they should Um, yeah but another good example as well that you might not know about so I'll kind of give um, a backstory to it but on Channel 5 um, a few months ago there was uh, an Anne Boleyn TV series and Obviously, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Tudors. So Anne Boleyn was uh, mm-hmm. the second wife to King Henry VIII um, back in the sort of 1500s. Um, yeah. And she was a white British female. And mm-hmm. in this TV series, Anne Boleyn is played by um, African American and black woman. Okay. So there's two sides to that argument because a lot of people are like, and it's not like Doctor Who, where it's a fake character and, you know, a doctor could be whatever they want. This is a historic event and this is a person who has actually lived. So playing Anne Boleyn as a black woman is not staying true to history, which I understand. But then other people are like, yeah, but if she is really good for the role and like suits the vision of the director, then what's the problem with it? You know, they're still talking about Anne Boleyn. They're not like disregarding her. So yeah. it's a very weird scenario because Amberlyn is a real person and she was yeah. a white female, but this series it's being portrayed as a uh, african American black woman so yeah. where do your thoughts lie with that
1: i think I think it's one of those things where it's not is it's, it's sort of like polarized opinions over this or that I sort of see it as in I don't see an issue with it I think if Everyone knows what Anne Boleyn looked like back in the time, and I think if she, were, if she, I, obviously I haven't seen it, so I don't know how she portrayed it. But if she played the part well of Anne Boleyn, then I personally don't see an issue with it. But I can also see the side of people saying, "Well, obviously she was a white woman back in history," mm-hmm. but I, I don't see an issue with it personally. I think yeah. if she was right for the role, and as I said, everyone knows Amberlin. Well, I would say a majority of people who would watch that sort of program would know Amberlin, and I, I personally don't see an issue with it.
0: No, I definitely think it's a great move. Like, mm. there's a lot of like big people who are like. You know, our history has been sort of like changed so much recently, you know, with people like the whole um slavery thing coming back to light and stuff and yeah. statues being pulled down. And it's like, you know, some people who don't agree with that are saying, oh, that's like messing with our history. And I think in some ways the same argument could be said here and that like, oh, this is messing with our history by like you know what's i think there's a term called race reversed casting where obviously it's a uh, black female playing a white woman who actually lived and it's not a fake character so i definitely understand and i agree with you that there's definitely two sides to it and i can understand both sides but i definitely think like you know if she portrayed it well and like i haven't seen it myself but i think that if she was perfect for the role and she um, brought to life the vision that the uh, director had for the series I don't see the problem no like it doesn't the carrot the uh,
1: actress's race doesn't change her portrayal and the way she brings like that character or Anne Boleyn in this case so I'd, I personally I think it was a good move if she was right for it
0: mm-hmm Well that brings us to the end of this section. Thank you very much Spencer for talking uh, to me about all this. I know it's a very (laughs) I know it's a very wide um, (laughs) topic to talk about. There's a lot of different things and it's very controversial but I definitely think that people um, should like take into consideration both sides of the argument. It's definitely not a topic where one person's right and one person's wrong because you can understand like both ways of thinking about it but I definitely think it depends on the situation it depends on yeah. the sort of producer and what their vision is and I think people should kind of back off a little bit and not be too you know oh check this casting check this casting you know kind of yeah take a breather <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you very much for listening to this section and we'll see you in the next section in a minute bye Okay, and we're back for section two of this podcast episode. Still here with Spencer. Hey. Um, (laughs) Hey. (laughs) And um, (laughs) for this section, we're going to be talking about uh, something that this audience, obviously for this podcast, can definitely relate to. Um, And I hope it kind of, like, opens your eyes to different, maybe, like, opinions and viewpoints that you may not have necessarily thought about. Um, and like, definitely make you feel like you know you're not alone in thinking this, um, and that is the expectations of teenagers um, in today's society. So, I guess the first thing I could ask you, Spencer, is if you could describe your life right now in three words, what would it be? Oh, I'd have to say interesting, unpredictable, definitely,
1: and um, I'd say enjoyable as well. Yeah. What makes
0: one. you choose those words?
1: I mean, unpredictable mainly because, like, it just... I never really know what's going to happen next and how I feel. And, like... Yeah. And interesting because I just... Because I try to keep myself busy and do lots of different things. Yeah. Um, I always try and make life a bit more fun. So. Oh, that's
0: good. Yeah, I was, yeah. Yeah, so I'd definitely say mine are quite similar. I'd say possibilities because, obviously... Yeah you know, you're already in your sort of A-level experience, but I'm just going into mine and it's like, there's so many different possibilities of things that I can do and it's like, you know, overwhelming but also exciting. Um, Second word is probably stressful because I catch myself (laughs) sometimes feeling really stressed out by actually a lot of the things that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, And then like also content, like I'm kind of happy with how i am right now that might change but like as of now i'm actually like okay with how my life yeah. is going so <laughs> so yeah i guess that yeah our, our answers are pretty similar <laughs> which is quite interesting so i guess the first yeah. thing that we can start talking about um is just like the life of teenagers today i mean there's obviously this kind of big portrayal of oh my god we're all like you know junkies getting you know drunk in pubs and stuff and like <laughs> skipping out of like uni uh seminars and stuff and like skiving, and like <laughs> you know getting high and things but obviously yeah. that's kind <laughs> of like that sort of typical portrayal of a teenager but then I guess yeah. the, like what would you say actually being a teenager at our age feels like for you
1: I feel like
0: it's a very good question teenager, know.
1: it's so- Yeah yeah I mean I I seem to be so busy with stuff like college work or um just general life and stuff that like the thought of anything like that even happening around my surroundings I don't even connect with it I'm just so engrossing doing my college work now getting ready for uni it's Mm. sort of like that's all I am sort of um thinking about really so I think having the sort of expectation of what teenagers like is very different to the reality
0: yeah do you kind of just like it's a weird thing to say but like obviously because I think we can all relate with this feeling like do you ever like stop and think oh my god what am I actually doing with my like teenage <laughs> years because like you know we're always yeah. like expected to just like go to school or go to college because obviously we legally have to so there's no escape in that yeah but like, <laughs> but, like do you ever stop yourself and just go oh my god like what is my life right now yeah
1: sometimes sometimes <laughs> it's, it's it's one of those things if I if I've got time to sort of like work on projects or do something that I find fun intertwined with college work I'm I'm right but if I'm like staying up for hours mainly like drama b-tech at the moment and like trying to get all this work done and I'm like sitting there and I'm just like I really want to go to sleep exactly yeah (laughs) so yeah I know I know what you mean
0: yeah it really plays with your like because like you say you just want to like do what you want to do but then obviously there's that constraint of just like having to do the college work and, you know, having to do all these um, different like responsibilities that I guess come with being our age, I guess. Um, So it definitely does make you think like, oh my God, just what if, if I could have none of that and it could all just disappear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I think as well, like, I think we've all been told this by some sort of parent, grandparent, family member. um, Oh, you kids have it easy these days like i i'm sorry but like what are your thoughts on that because oh, i God. have some definite thinking
1: <laughs> i've been mean, like we're we're, we're, safe, we're safe like for me during covid I, was, I would put these as two separate responses during covid like j- just having these sort of almost like a year and a half two years of like stuck at home doing work and not really being able to like socialize that sort of thing like Mm -hmm. back in uh, sort of like our parents age or grandparents age there was a lot more free time to go out and socialize and go to parties or that sort Mm -hmm. of thing like even like pre-covid or like now there's just We've just got so much to do that just even the thought of like going out sometimes it's just like no I'm too <laughs> yeah. tired in- to do anything I just now I've done all my work I just need
0: to sleep so hundred percent hundred percent I completely agree with you I mean like I even like talked to my mum who obviously if you guys haven't checked out the finale of season one podcast um we talk about um like you know how different it was back then and she had. You know quite a lot of um free time the expectations yeah. for students back then wasn't as high because obviously the whole sort of gcse and a level sort of examinations i guess still quite new um yeah. so there was definitely a lot more freedom for them but oh my god i 100% like agree with your feeling like you do loads of work and everyone's like do you want to go out and like do something let's go like live your life and i'm like oh my god but i'm <laughs> so tired <laughs> yeah no i 100% agree with that um so yeah i guess like I, how would you go about like if you if someone said that for example if your like mum or dad said to you oh you guys have it so easy what would your response to them be like if you were having that sort of discussion what would you say back to them
1: i would say it's not i would say it's not easy at all cuz it's 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 stressful and like having the expectation of like obviously I want to but like going to uni and having to get certain grades and like knowing that if you slightly slip behind with your work it's just gonna really eat you up and Mm. it's it's sort it's all like worrying at the same time because you're constantly like at least with me because I do English A level it's like as soon as I have a lesson, it's like, right, I've got this, this, and this to do. And then you sort of try and organize it. And then you're like, I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep um, track of all this. <laughs> so I would say it's much, it's, it's definitely much more stressful. There's a lot more work, there's a lot more involved, especially just like examinations in general. Like they're yeah. so much harder than they used to be. Like the content um, and just having to revise stuff in general is just, so much harder so I you know, I, I would
0: yeah I, d- I definitely think people are a lot more blind to how much we actually you know have to learn and have to put okay. ourselves through and I feel like a lot of people and I spoke to a lot of people about this like when you get a certain grade whether it be like a mock result or an actual like GCSE result because I know um obviously uh, a few Well, it must have been about by the time this comes out it will have been about sort of one and a half months ago Um, but everyone got their GCSE results and their A-level results. And I spoke to a few people at a time and I was like, when you open those grades, was your first thought, oh my God, what are my parents going to think? Or was your first thought, oh my God, I'm actually so happy with myself. So for me, I was actually like, I'm so happy with myself. And I didn't actually think about, oh my God, what are my parents going to think? Like, not because they were, like, good or bad or anything. I just, for some reason, that thought never came to mind. But when I asked so many other people, they were like, oh, my God, I was so scared if my parents were going to, like, disown me or, like, (laughs) throw me out the house. And I was like, oh, my God, I've just never thought of that. I don't know why. But, like, what would your first thought be when you, like, open a certain grade or something? Out of the two thoughts, which one would you gravitate towards?
1: It would be more how I felt, because, like, I... When I got my GCSE results, it was sort of like I was more just sort of thinking I need to get into college. I need to get these certain grades. I want to get these certain grades like my parents. Because I don't know if you know, I was homeschooled. So I was sort of like, yeah, yeah, I was homeschooled till I joined college for like three years. So my parents were like the thought of the amount of work that you've put in because I was kind of teaching myself with tutors and stuff.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I was sort of, my parents were sort of like, they didn't have any pressure. They were like, as long as you pass, as long as you feel good with how you did, then that's the main thing. So I didn't really have pressure from then. It was more pressure I put on myself. I put way more pressure on myself than my parents did when
0: it came to grades.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if that's the same for
0: you. Oh, I mean, like, I definitely, like, I felt the same way but I can imagine like being homeschooled like you say they're almost like with the help of some tutors of course but obviously it's a lot of work that you're doing and that to be honest yeah. it perfectly sets you up for college because obviously college is so much more independent but yeah like you know you, you didn't think about the sort of expectations of your parents so much but more the expectations of what you have to live up to to then move on to the next stage in your own life and yeah that I definitely like thought about I was like you know I want to get into the college that I'm going to um you know I want to get the grades that I feel like you know I've earned after like five years of absolute like (laughs) hell on earth so it's like you know it's, it's definitely a weird thought and I definitely think a lot of people consider both sides of you know the expectations of what their parents um, want them to get. Because obviously in every ideal world, you'd want to get like straight nines and like A stars yeah. and everything. But like, you're only human. And I think you just got to be proud of like your own ability and what other people want you to live up to might not ne- necessarily be good for you. And it's definitely not healthy yeah. for you.
1: No, I agree.
0: I agree. Um, so I guess that kind of perfectly leads on to the next sort of thing, which is having these, expectations um to live up to certain things not only in education but also just in general life as well yeah. do you sometimes catch yourself unhealthily like pushing yourself to do more than you think you can do or like more than you can cope with like you said already about like you know sleepless nights and stuff do you think you push yourself like really hard to live up to a certain expectation yes i do um i would like
1: with, with college because I mean that's like the main thing really at the moment like it's just I put so much more work in sometimes than I really need to because mm. I sort of like I sort of set this pressure on myself that I need to get this done and this done and I and I sometimes go way overboard with projects and stuff because it's just I pour everything into it yeah I sort of set myself up and then i'm like really i should have made this a lot more simple because now i've got to do this because i'm halfway through it all oh, um, i sort of set myself way too high expectations and then struggle to meet them and it's like i could have just made it easier for myself in the first place
0: yeah uh, i think it's definitely also just being careful of like detaching interest in what you're doing because obviously with A-levels and stuff like it's it's obviously you've got much more choice of what you want to do and that like interest and love of like the subject that you're doing kind of gets pushed aside when you try and you know meet too high expectations it makes the fun out of it like just like disappear really yeah it
1: sometimes does I mean
0: with performing arts when it comes to like
1: writing scripts or like researching stuff i i i still enjoy that but it gets to a point where if you're doing too much of it even like your favorite topics it can just become very laborious very
0: quickly mm. and i think also that can as well as education i've caught myself feeling that in general life as well like specifically mm. social media i'm quite uh, an active like sort of poster on social media um and when i like go to take a photo i i nowadays like compared to like a year ago i m- more so catch myself thinking okay right i want this to look a certain way because i know people will like that or i want to have this certain outfit because i feel like it's you know quite up to date with sort of trends and stuff and it almost like yeah. you, you kind of catch yourself out and thinking i'm actually not posting something on instagram because i like the photo and i want to post it i'm posting it because yeah. i almost feel like i have to meet certain expectations of looking a certain way and it's like yeah, I'm all for the whole sort of like you know look how you want to look don't have to be a certain way and I've discussed that on the podcast before, but it's yeah really hard to stop yourself from like meeting certain expectations in that way. yeah oh, okay. have you have you ever felt the same way about that?
1: I think I used to, but I think we've sort of like past experience and stuff I've sort of become more sort of like I am who I am and I sort of I sort of dress the way I want to I sort of act the way I want to I sort of I don't feel that pressure as much as certainly used to yeah Um, that's right but yeah I think I think it's one of those things of you sort of have to change your mindset between how I feel comfortable and how I want to be compared to how i
0: think everyone else wants me to be if you yeah get what i mean definitely i think that also like you know takes like maturity and experience like you said just to kind of come come to be comfortable with you know how you are and like be the certain way you know because like i look at your instagram um spencer <laughs> and like i see like your posts and stuff and it just like it like radiates like i'm happy with how i look and i'm like happy yeah. with my experiences and stuff and like you feel comfortable posting what you want to post and like I absolutely yeah. like feel really inspired by that so that's great that you oh, feel thanks. like that <laughs> that's all right thanks. <laughs> um so I guess to kind of just wrap this up I think we can kind of turn this whole idea of the expectations of teenagers on its head a little bit and actually think okay if we take out this whole idea of you know what other people think we should, you know, live up to or like certain grades, blah 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 blah, and actually think about how, like, inclusive our society as young people is now, like in our modern times. Like, you think about so many different things, like you know, the LGBTQ plus community is obviously very accepting now um, by ev- most generations, um, and that's wonderful because that sort of expectation of having to be a certain way is then gone because you know people feel much more free to express themselves how they want to be and how they're meant to be um the whole mental health side of things and people not being afraid to you know live up to a certain expectation where you must hide your feelings and like you know people speak out you can go to therapy you can talk to different people you know like everyone's Human. And I think a lot of people are realizing that. And that whole idea of expectations of having to be or act a certain way is slowly falling apart because I think people are now understanding we're only human, we're all different people, and we all have different lives and expectations and talents. Yes, no, definitely. So, yeah, I guess that kind of like nicely wraps up um, this episode. I definitely think. Um, it's a really nice way of like reflecting on kind of like teenager life, because however mad it can be and all the, you know, different things that a lot like 16, 17 year olds can get up to, um, it does really like, make your mind think, oh my God, actually, how much do I think about what other people think of me or want me yeah. to be like? And, you know, we should really start thinking, how do I want to? live my life and how what expectations do i want for myself and to not make them too high or just you know like just be comfortable with how you are so yeah yeah. thank you very much spencer for joining me on this podcast it's been lovely having you yeah thank you very much it's great fun (laughs) that's all right (laughs) um so my instagram handle is underscore just talking podcast underscore at the end again hope you guys enjoyed this episode and enjoying season two so far very exciting times Um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Have a lovely day, guys. Bye.